Hello? Hello, what's going on, sis? It's the Christmas miracle. Hey! <laughs> what's up? What's the up? The connection is there. I'm going to do my intro uh, to get us cracking, and then we're going to give all the seasons greetings. All right, that's what's up. Thank you guys for listening to Ask a Black Woman. You have stepped into a black woman's kitchen, the living room, the backyard, man. Come on and take a seat and listen to what I got to say about a few things. And if you keep on listening, you'll see that today I have um, a very special guest. And this is a first on the Ask a Black Woman podcast. First to ever do it. But if I'm going to do this different move here, I'd rather do it with this brother. I'm not sure how you want me to call what to call you this time around on the live podcast. But this is my homeboy, D, at a out of Ohio. Say what's up to the people. Peace, beloved. How y'all doing today? What's going on? That's how it is, man. We we go back a few years and things like that. Um, when we at, at the time when we all had radio shows, he had the insightful hour. I had um um uh, a word with the mouthpiece. That's what it was called. <laughs> and uh, we used to do some some lovely things and stuff like that. His he was doing a lot, not just on the air, but imparting knowledge to uh, our people, but he was also bringing uh, events um, whenever he came back to the shy, back to my hometown. And so um, we just going to have a conversation and everything or whatever and, and go from there. Anything that's on your mind um, that you want to get out before we get into the little couple questions that I had to kick off the, the, the podcast? Nah, nah, I don't have anything in particular. Let's just get it in and we can just flow and go where, you know what I'm saying, where the conversation leads us. Yes. You know, because this is a um, a podcast that primarily deals with women, I'm going to bring it together. And I'm going to talk about, um, I want to bring up the fact that you are married. You've been married. Didn't you just celebrate an anniversary? Yep, I've been married 16 years as of May the 25th. It was my 16-year anniversary. 16 years. Married right. to a black woman. Yeah, man. An African black woman at that. She was born in Liberia, so absolutely, yep. Wow. Now, you know what? Don't laugh at me, but you know what? Because everybody don't know a bit about you like I do. But why did you choose to marry a black woman? Well, it was easy. It was an easy choice. I always tell people, when you look to find a, a potential mate, you always want to look for somebody that you can see yourself in. So, and that's no disrespect to any other ethnic groups out there. Um, I always knew I wanted a black woman. You know what I'm saying? My mom is a black woman. My grandmother, my sister's the most influential women in my life. And I knew I wanted somebody like that to, 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 to grow old with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I always said that without a shadow of a doubt, I would have to marry a sister. Now, whether she was from the States or whether she was from the islands or from the continent, it didn't matter. As long as, she represented who I was, and I saw myself in her, and I saw the God in her. It didn't, it didn't make a, it didn't make a difference where she was from. I knew at an early age that I wanted a sister w- without a shadow of a doubt. Mm. Man, I'm sending a praise up. That's a beautiful thing that you've been married that long to her. I gotta ask, you know, for the women that that, that be listening and things, do you see a difference in the way? Um, women uh, carry themselves that um, are born here versus your wife? Are there there some distinct things um, that you notice right off, maybe when y'all are in the dating stage, and even up until now, compared to American black women? 
Yeah, it's funny you said that because I have that very conversation. The question you asked is a conversation that I'm I'm having with my friends and relatives on a on a seems like a monthly basis. Mm. It's been that way since since me and my wife married. And when they ask, I have to be honest. And since you asked, I have to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yes, I see a major difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I tell my friends this all the time. I told my wife the first time I met her parents. That point in time, I knew I wanted to marry her, and it's because of the way. I seen her family structure. I seen how her mom and dad treated each other. I seen how her and her siblings treated her parents. Um, I seen how the family interacted with each other as far as aunts and uncles because I came to a barbecue. Uh, and it was just unreal, man. It was unreal. The, the, the unity, the togetherness, the love that they all exemplify for each other. I was like, wow, I can really dig this. Mm. And this is something that I can see myself being a part of. And I had never really seen anything like that except for when, you know, we're dealing with our brothers and sisters that's down below the Mason Dixon line. I've mm. seen it in, in certain aspects in, in, in my relatives in Mississippi and Georgia, Louisiana and places like that. Mm-hmm. But growing up in Chicago, I never really seen it to that magnitude. So absolutely. I see a major difference with the way uh, my wife and her siblings was raised uh, and, and the way a lot of the sisters is raised here in the States. Wow. Now, now, now we might be going down a rabbit hole because, no, no, when no. you when you brought when you when you brought that up, um, it makes me think of how other cultures um, they seem to marry for family structure and legacy, and not mm-hmm. necessarily not to say you didn't have strong feelings for your wife, but that's not the predominant thing. Like, it, it, unfortunately, it seems like I guess because a great deal of our people seem to be uh, disconnected in that aspect or come from a lot mm-hmm. of dysfunction that we marry into the person only and it's not a lot of weight on family, so to speak, even though we are marrying into the family. And so it seems like with a lot of other nationalities, like they are really strong about the family. And so it's interesting that you lay emphasis on man. Like I, when I met the family, I really saw myself being a part of what they were doing, the respect factor and the unity factor. That's interesting. Right. And, and, and you hear that all the time when, when two people get married, you don't just marry each other, you marry the families as well. And I had been to a thousand weddings, had been in a thousand weddings, and I had always heard that. And that was the first time that that really resonated with me. And it resonated in my spirit. It was like, this is what they mean. Like, you just don't go home with her and y'all have a family and, and create your own, you know, marital bliss. You have to have a relationship and you have to have you know, dialogue on a constant basis with these other people as well. That's her relatives. And I was like, I can really see myself being a part of this family. And my wife kind of felt the same way because uh, when she came around my family, my family um, had the same type of a vibe. You know, my parents celebrated their 40th wedding anniversary um, mm. last, well, two months ago, back in May. Uh, and yeah, then, it's not a picture, yeah, yo. And then my mother-in-law and, and um, father-in-law celebrated their 44th wedding anniversary this year. So when when we looked at each other's family, we seen reflections and we seen things that reminded us of our own families. And to me, that was kind of like the icing on top of the cake, man. That was what made it official. Like I could really see myself spending, you know, the rest of my life with this woman because we come from similar backgrounds. We know the role of a husband. We know the role of a wife. Uh, and we come from strong parents and, and, and a strong relationship. We've seen it. Um, and, you know, it's somebody that I could definitely you know, share the rest of my life with based off of the fact that not only do I love her, but I, I love the way she was raised and I love the family that she comes from. Mm. 
You know what that made me think of too? Did you ever uh, read the series by um, the Coldest Winter Ever series by Sister Soldier? Sister Soldier. Absolutely. I read that yeah. back in, in college. Absolutely. Ooh, okay. So um, the, did you read the books about Midnight that came after that? I didn't. I didn't. And I've been told several times to read those. So now that you're telling me, it's like confirmation. I have to read it. Please do because uh, it's interesting. So, you know, they, she, I didn't, I don't know if she really intended to, but she takes the character Midnight out of that series and it's, and just really, it becomes a full character storyline. Mm. And what you, it, the little bit, if you can recall in the, the first book was when you realized what a loyal worker he was for Absolutely. Winter's dad. Absolutely. And how even though Winter kept throwing herself at him, he wouldn't touch her. As a matter of fact, it was like he was disgusted with her mm. because no matter how pretty she was or how easy she was to get to, she had no principles. Right. So, you know, he was a drug dealer. Absolutely. He still had principles. So it seemed like she was still more intrigued. And so what you find out is that, you know, Midnight was a, uh, without me trying to give you the story, because it's still going to be really, really mm -hmm. good. But uh, he was from the Sudan. Wow. And um, it was a lot of, um, he came from um, a lineage. Um, his grandfather and them were really, he was really wealthy and stuff, but it was a lot of war over there. And him and his mother fled to Brooklyn. And I'm talking about starting from scratch and his mom um, not being able to speak English really well. And so he, it was just this whole thing, how they had to survive when they first got to New York. Wow. And, um, and so the culture shock, the ultimate culture shock, I'm talking about, this is a man that's proud of his um his um Sudanese uh, heritage, all this kind of stuff, and and being teased, <laughs> him not having no game, him not having the gear, that sort of thing, right. and um and all of the things that made you know Brooklyn Brooklyn, and so he learned to adapt and to get the gear and to be hip with them, but he was still he still had that upbringing. Well, so if you fast forward. Um, he's a little older and now um, all the girls are throwing themselves at him and stuff like that but he's turned off and he refuses to get with one of the black girls in Brooklyn mm. he ends up taking a job um, over in like Chinatown cleaning fish or something like that and he ends up I'm gonna fast forward the, he ends up um, getting two Asian wives he got one girl that's Chinese that can't speak English and then he got a girl that's Japanese wow me and my uh, one of my good girlfriends of years, we argued so much over that. That first Midnight Books is like 600 pages long. Wow. And we argued so much because she was so disgusted with the fact that Sister Soldier would write that character and, and have all these good qualities, these stand-up qualities about this African brother and the fact he would choose to uh, marry these two Asian girls. And it's like she couldn't see past the fact... Of the whole um, concept that uh, they were Asian and more alone the fact that he felt like getting with the girls in Brooklyn would have been a huge liability. Mm -hmm. It's just, it was just interesting that that's what it was, even though he was a brother from the motherland and stuff like that. He just refused to do that. Now, let me, uh, let, me let me, let me say mm -hmm. something real quick or ask a question and we don't have to stay on this. Mm -hmm. uh, you brought it up. So I want to, I want to ask the question because it's on my mind. So mm -hmm. was the Asian women, um, were the Asian women from the type of a background that he was more accustomed to and he felt more comfortable with being with them versus the sisters in Brooklyn or was he just only out to be with an Asian woman because that's not what it sounds like at, 
It, that's exactly what it is. It wasn't about being with an Asian gotcha. woman. It wasn't that whole fantasy gotcha. at all. The um, these women were literally about na- <laughs> they were nation gotcha. building. There it is. The one, there it is. That that, that Japanese girl, because he was a Muslim. Mm-hmm. When it was time for Ramadan, she didn't know nothing about um Islam. She didn't know nothing about no Ramadan. All he she as here's the thing. The Chinese girl, um, her her father was like big in the government and stuff like that. Had a disdain for the fact that she went off and married this um, this young black man, and so he had his people come to America, quote unquote, kidnap her, and so he was on a plane to go get her, and he meets this Japanese girl, and um, she, in some kind of weird way, ends up following him. It's really crazy, and she helps him. Find his first wife. Wow. The entire time they going across the world trying to find his first wife is Ramadan. And he's fasting mm. all the day long in the hot heat. And she don't know nothing about Ramadan, but she says to herself, if he's fasting, then so am I. That's it. Man, listen. Listen. <laughs> her name, Chiasa. She, listen, that's one bad. I got to call her a sister. I don't know what else. To well, you know, her. the Hexos came out of Egypt. So technically, if we want to get technical, they are our brothers and sisters. But that's a, yeah. that's a whole nother conversation. But absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, I can't wait till you read that. Yeah, but... I'm going to check it out. You got me interested now. I'm definitely going to check it out. Woo, child. So let's talk about your sons, S U N S. That's right. That's right. Man, so you be live, be seeing a lot of posts about, um, uh, them in this baseball thing. I don't know nothing about baseball, <laughs> but I could feel your pride in it because uh, my uh, my dad, he's my brother's dad by by blood, but he's my dad first. That's right. um, he was so adamant about enrolling all the children into to to sports and 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 even though they're all grown and gone on and everything like that, he is still coach little, mm-hmm. and all the neighborhood kids like literally. Um, have come over to the house whenever they feel like and stuff. So there's a pride in that, and so it's almost like I can see that from a lot of your posts about raising your sons. So uh, tell tell the people how old your sons is before I get into the question I want to throw no, at you about. No, it. my oldest son will be 13, and my youngest son just turned 11. So they're um, almost exactly two years apart. Yep. Now, this is a fun question I'm going to throw out there. Mm-hmm. Did you always want, did you, you and your wife always want um, sons or how did that go? Well, that's the story because, again, when people ask me that question, it always has to have, always have to tell the story. When we um, first got engaged, we never even talked about having children. We had been knowing mm-hmm. each other for five years at the time. We had been dating seriously for a year and a half, two years at the time when I proposed. So at the time we went to marriage counseling before we got married. Uh, and that was one of the first questions they asked us, how many children do you want? Me, naturally, anybody that knows me, I don't know how we didn't bring this up. It's just really funny. But all of my friends will tell you from the time I was a kid, I always said I wanted two children, uh, fraternal twins, uh, a, a boy and girl. Um, and then, of course, I said that. And she said, well, I don't want any children. I've never wanted children. Yeah. And I was like, OK, we had. And to me, this was the first problem we ever had in our relationship Mm. it was like how did i not know that she didn't want children and how did she not Mm. know that i wanted two children so to make a long story short we got through the session and the um the the counselor was like well this is something that can be a major hurdle for you guys and this is something you need to discuss this is something that you need to come to a decision and say 
this is our first major compromise because marriage is nothing but a bunch of compromising back and forth. He said, this is your first compromise. So what do you say? What do you think is a, a, a safe number? And what do you think is a safe number? So I said, well, I will, I would take mine from two to one. And she said she would take <laughs> hers from zero to one. And I ended up getting two out of the deal. So I got a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's hilarious. Do you think, um, hmm, would you, how would you feel? Like, are you, how do you feel about raising two black sons in, in America today? It's a, it's a fun task, but it's also a scary task. And it's not even because of the, um, the climate that's in this country. I mean, it's been this way since I was a kid, you know what I mean? Growing up in Chicago mm-hmm. in the eighties and nineties. Uh, before my family moved to Ohio when I went to high school. Um, it's fun because I love my sons. We have a lot of um, things in common. Uh, my sons have different, you know, characteristics and attributes about me that they share. Um, and mm-hmm. I love being able to pour back into them and feed them uh, information and knowledge that I have. But it's scary from the standpoint that um, – the world that we live in is so dark and it's so mean at, at certain times. Uh, and the world don't really love you the, the way it may portray that it loves you sometimes. And that's the only thing that kind of scares me about raising them. They're, they're both really meek and mild uh, individuals. And sometimes um, I think they're, um, they, they're, they're, they can be naive. And, and that's the thing that scares me about the world because the, the world will turn their their kindness into a weakness and I have to tell them all the time you guys are beautiful spirits mm. you're beautiful young brothers but they weren't raised like I was raised on the south side of Chicago so mm. they don't they don't they don't necessarily see certain things and certain people can be uh, of danger to them and I have to kind of teach that to them uh, and that's the only thing that kind of scares me but other than that it's it's a joy and a pleasure to, to raise them and for them to call me their father hey, amen that's a shame like uh, children should be innocent Absolutely. as long as possible Absolutely. but it sounds like you kind of got to speed that yeah, up man. for their safety yep. absolutely it sucks but that's hmm. just the reality that we live in wow would you um what do you think about like what if they had been girls would you ever even wanted them to be girls and- um, being raised absolutely and that was um that was a later discussion in our marriage once I got my two boys um I was like man I want a girl so bad and she was like no I compromised you got two out of the deal it's a wrap and <laughs> that was just a harsh reality and a harsh pill that I had to swallow so once I knew I wasn't going to mm. have a girl um it was it was sad for a little bit but I kind of got over it but I always wanted to have a daughter because I wanted to be able to pour into a young sister and and mm-hmm. give her the things that I seen, you know, my parents give my two sisters. You know what I mean? And I, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times sisters get a bad rap, but we have to be honest with ourselves. A lot of times sisters aren't raised properly and they don't get those tools that they need in their tool belt to be successful young women. And I always wanted to be able to give back to a young sister so she could become a beautiful woman and a beautiful wife like my mother, like my wife, like my sisters. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that always Absolutely. intrigued me to to want to be able to raise a daughter. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you the, um, some questions. What do you think about? Um, no, okay, I'm I'm gonna start another way. 
what are maybe if you're watching any television at all maybe name one or two shows that you've got to watch these days um and it's crazy because i used to I, I was like maybe five six seven years ago i was watching totally no tv only time my tv came mm-hmm. on is when i was watching documentaries or watching movies um but i will be honest a lot of a lot of tv shows are starting to pick up and be much better from a writer's standpoint. The acting is a mm-hmm. lot better. So a lot of shows I watched, uh, and I was just laughing with our friend Tamika, who was in, uh, who came over to visit me while I'm here in Chicago. Mika, yeah. Yes. And um, we was laughing because I was like, I've never watched this much TV probably since high school or college. So uh, mm-hmm. some of the shows I'm watching, I like Queen Sugar. Um, yes, <laughs> I love. That's my favorite. Yeah, I love the characters on that show. I love the writing. And I love how it shows our people from a different standpoint in a different setting in the, in the country, in the South. I have a lot of relatives down South and I feel like our brothers and sisters in the South, they don't have enough stories told about them from their perspective. Mm. And I, I really, I really mm. love that show. Um, what else? I love Atlanta. Um, I just love, yes. I, I just love the way Donald Glover thinks. I love the way he writes. Yeah, I, I just love. I, I love how he comes from left field when everybody's in right field. Um, I like. Mm-hmm. I like power. I have to say that's my guilty pleasure. You know what I'm saying? Same here. <laughs> I hate to admit right. it because it's another drug show. It's in the city, but it's still it's still different. Right. In its own right. Absolutely, and I love how Ghost, the the character Ghost, is wanting to get out of the game and become legit, but the people around him, uh, even you know the main person with his first few seasons was his wife. Wanting him to stay in the game, yeah. so it, it's 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 very realistic, and we've all had a friend or a relative or someone that we knew that was trying to do the right thing, but people and relatives calling him back to that life. So I, I like that show. Um, or what else? I love the Luke Cage. I thought season two was beautiful. I just finished watching that. I haven't gotten into that. Now I have limited time, so literally those are my. Um, I haven't watched the first uh, episode of Power just yet, but it is on my to do list. Oh yeah. But if I am gonna watch anything, I have I allow myself three shows at the most. Right. Um, and, and it those- was, so far it is Queen Sugar. But my other one that I got into because I do have a guilty pleasure and a strong fetish with drug shows and movies is um Snowfall. Have you watched the Snowfall? Yo, I, my my cousin got me watching that. I I finished it up uh, to be able to watch it because the new season is about to start. Yeah. And I'm really fascinated with how the drugs and the crack got into South Central in the '80s. And I believe that character is based off of Freeway Ricky Ross. And I've read all about the, you know what I'm saying, you know, Reagan and, and, and Oliver North and how they manipulated the system and, you know, got all the drugs out of Nicaragua and brought them to the hood. So that show intrigued me just from knowing that it was about Freeway Ricky Ross and his story. And John Singleton, who grew up in South Central, I knew it would be really authentic. So I definitely watched that show. I just got him to it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Now I was bringing that up to see what's your take on because um, there's a lot of buzz, particularly with my day job and stuff. And, you know, the city I live in is the capital of the uh, entertainment industry. Absolutely. And um, there's a big push uh, um, to make sure that they're saying, as a matter of fact, on one of my vision boards here in my room, it says the future is female. So there is, at least on the surface, this push to make sure that there's more uh, female roles or at least there's more substance to the stuff that's on television and or having female um, showrunners and writers and all that sort of mm-hmm. thing what do you what is your take uh, as a black man on 
um, the roles of, that you see in uh, in black women. If you want to start with the shows that you have given, uh, given some time to, or if there, if, if in your eyes it needs to be improved. Right. And let me say this: I always say this, and people take it the wrong way until I have a chance to explain myself. But I'm a firm. <laughs> Uh, a believer, well, I'm, I'm a non-believer in feminism because I always said, I always feel like the woman is a greater and a more powerful species than the man. So I don't see myself as equal to a woman. I see myself as less than. And a lot of brothers get mad when I say that, like, man, you a sucker, man. Why are you downplaying yourself? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, look, man, this woman not only brought me into the world, she birthed the whole planet. She birthed every civilization under the sun. So how dare I even be so cocky enough to say that I'm greater than her? So I don't I don't believe in feminism because I believe, especially the black woman, is the strongest species on the planet. Um, and when you think about the shows that I named, you, you look at Queen Sugar. It was created by Ava DuVernay. Um, she she mm-hmm. had all female directors last season. And, and a mm-hmm. majority of her writing room is, is women. Uh, and not only women mm-hmm. of color, she have other ethnic groups. Uh, you look at Power. It was created by Sister Courtney Kemp. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, who's a great writer and a great director in her own right. You look at Black Lightning. Uh, you have the sister that created Girlfriends. Uh, uh, what is her name? Maria Brock Akil, her her husband. Uh-huh. So, so you have a lot of sisters that's out here doing their thing, man. And I'm so proud that they're having an opportunity to flex their muscles and to show that, hey, we can run shows. We can write. We can produce. We can direct. You know what I mean? We can we can be showrunners. And I, I think it's only going to get bigger and better because all of the shows that I mentioned, Black Lightning, Queen Sugar, they're doing good numbers. They're not just barely making it. They're doing good numbers. Mm-hmm. So now when the next Ava DuVernay comes through the door, they have to sit down and listen to what that sister has to say and give her an opportunity to tell her story. So I'm very pleased with the way it's going. And I think it can only get better with time. Okay. Well, that's a different perspective about... Um about being um, not a um, pro pro feminism, I've never uh, used the term anyway. I'm just very cautious, right, 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 to jump on jump on spin terms. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? Everybody is feminism and pro woman, but I I have to you know do a sideways glance as a black woman and be like, okay, we're binding together in the name of what? Right. Does your voice overcrowd my needs? There we go. Or are you doing this? Or or is this a way for you to feel good mm-hmm. about yourself just because we can march hand in hand? Mm-hmm. But I'm more interested in what happens when I'm not around. That's right. If people are um, putting policies in place that you know it's going to be at a disadvantage for somebody like me. Or hell, you at your dinner table, you at your 4th of July um picnic and barbecue with your kinfolk and they all white and they let a little uh, racist joke fly out their mouth do you check them right because ain't nobody gonna be listening you the biggest voice they got right i you know forget all our marching and, and, stuff and, like and not that, to, so. and not to belabor the point I, i'm gonna be real quick but mm-hmm. i have to say this since you brought it up that's my main problem and my main main issue when i see a lot of sisters jumping on the, the feminism bandwagon you know, I, I never see them jump on our issues and, and, and come and march and stand hand in hand with us when we have problems and issues. But we are always quick to go and jump and be a part of their issues. You know, what was the white feminist when, you know, Sandra Bland was murdered? You know what I mean? Like these are the or like you saw that mess when that girl, that um black girl got got like mopped in that beauty supply. Yeah. Show. I think it was in North Carolina. Yeah, or, 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 or what about the sister in the Waffle House when they basically this 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 basically humiliated her for the world to see on camera? You know what I mean? Like like they never come to the forefront for our issues. So I have a major issue and problem with that. 
absolutely yeah yeah so thanks but that was a different definitely a different perspective i just be like mm, <laughs> i am, i just don't like being a part of no quote-unquote movement i'm the same way i think that it's um um uh i don't know i just think the most vocal thing i can do as an individual would be to be uh be integral in my actions that's, right. that's, that's it right. just let my actions speak yep. louder and i think if everybody actually took care of their the home the people in their home mm. and took care of their blocks that's our biggest responsibility i don't think that we would have to be marching to governments and all that sort of that's thing right. but people are i don't know their energy um, and efforts are all misplaced anyway i could go on the final thing i want to wrap up i know this is something you love just as much as i do let's talk some music let's talk about the music absolutely Let's do it. Check it. So um, now you're going to laugh. Here, here's a funny thing. Yours truly got her fir- first iPhone about two weeks ago. I know. Go ahead and let it out. Laugh, laugh, laugh. <laughs> it's, it took a long time for me to come over. And I'm telling you, I went kicking and a screaming. But my little LG V20, it just gave up the ghost on me. I just was, I drove fine. I right. just, I ain't never been like a, I get, let me get on the next this, this, and this. I will ha- keep a phone until it, I don't, you know, it don't want to work no I'm more. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Yep. And so, um, anyway, I'm marching to the store and they get me on this eight, eight iPhone, eight plus thing, jig, whatever. And so, I'm, this whole Apple Music thing is free for a few months. Mm-hmm. And I'm downloading everything I can think of. Right. I would I listened to the the Fonte and Arrow yep. uh, album. Chigalero. Oh is that how you say yeah. that? They kill me mashing their name together. I'm thinking, is that a new Italian um, shoe? I don't know nothing no, about. No, Chigalero. Because really... you know Fonte's nickname is uh, is uh, Tigolo, and then they put the yeah. arrow on the end, so it's Tigolero is the name of the Tigolero. album. Tigolero. Them clowns. <laughs> they silly. Them clowns. <laughs> So um, I'm listening to I listen to that. I like the gumbo by your boy PJ. PJ. Yeah, that's hard. Oh, I just got that on repeat. That's just the love yeah, album. That's hard. And I'm like, you know, I'm not sure if I fall in love with another album by the time I get married again, but somebody gonna be singing it or we just gonna hire PJ to come that's sing. Right. I don't know. That's right. Ooh, child, it makes me feel like that's just grown folks love music. Go PJ. Absolutely. What about not Nazir? What about that? I love that album. It didn't get rave reviews, and Nas never really gets rave reviews like that, but the subject matter on that album and the content is just insane, man. Like, the things that he's talking about, um, and then I love the production. That's been Nas's main issue by the general public. He got great lyrics, but he don't pick great beats. I'm like, you got Kanye West producing the beats, and y'all still complaining, but I love the Nasir album. It's only seven songs. I've always been a big fan of short albums because it, it allows me to listen to it more and it allows me to break it down. And a lot of times when an album gets over 10 or 12 songs is when you run into a lot of album fillers. And I felt like this, this album didn't have any fluff. Everything was straight and to the point and it was, you know, straight, no chaser. So I, I love the Nasir album a lot. Yeah, it's funny because I hear the adverse of that. I forgot. What was I reading? Some kind of commentary. Was I reading commentary about uh, Tiglero? And they people were, uh, it was Hip Hop um, DX. And they were like, you know, two cats of this caliber could have gave us a little longer um, thing or something like that. But I, I, I'm with you on that. I don't like a lot of feeling. Mm-hmm. Just give us the straight shots yeah, right that's there. Right. 
But uh, I must say, I got to keep listening to Nas because I'm digging you. On the lyrical side, yeah. But is it like, oh, my goodness, my stuff? No. Um, it hasn't got me like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what about, what, what am I forgetting? I said Gumbo, Nazir. And, oh, speaking of Nazir, gotta, this is paused parenthetically. Um, did you ever um, watch the video um, of Khalees? when she was I mean, it was like over an hour yeah um video about she was talking about that um what did you think about that man with her and Nas yeah when she made that statement I was kind of thrown off because um I never heard that those allegations that he put hands on her and and the thing that I, th- I found was really interesting she said we would hit each other not to say that he was you know not wrong because she hit him um, I, I was I'm, I'm of the belief a man should never put his hands on a woman under no circumstances but I I thought that it was funny when she said that that we used to always hit each other. So this was like behavior that they both partake partook in more than one time, which to me is very problematic. Uh, and I always looked at it because from a side eye point of view, because she had just asked for more money with the with the um with the alimony and whatnot and with the child support, and then this story came out. So I didn't know if she was being one thousand or she was using that to try to up the money or or, or to try to stop his visitation rights. But if it's true and, and, you know, I I hope she wouldn't make it up, then I I think it's foul. And the brother definitely needs to, um, needs to be called to the carpet on that. But I just thought it was really, really funny time. And they've been divorced for six or seven years now. And this story never came out until now. I just thought it was really odd timing. I, yeah, I actually think, um, I really felt that, because I, I hate to say this. I'm a woman, too, and I'm a survivor of domestic I know, violence. I know, I know. So I'm real sensitive uh, to hearing w- w- women out. And I feel, it, I felt spiritually, I felt like she was coming with the truth. Mm. Um, I mean, like, I mean, she, because there were so many variables to this thing. She talked about um, how he doesn't really have a relationship with their child. How um, it's all like on the surface and stuff like that. And she says, I've never asked him for anything. Um, But now when it comes to them having these depositions, he's claiming that he doesn't make any money. He doesn't have any money. So he's like flat out lying. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Or how she even uh, ended up inviting him to like, I think it was Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner and how her family... (laughs) thought it was like crazy like this this man been clowning you what's wrong with you um but uh and so he came and it was awkward at first but she was determined to create an environment because she's not trying to have her child hate right, on the right, dad, right. even though she know he right. full of it and then the next day she said not even like a few days later some mess came out and on the media social media about them like he was already had some kind of story coming out there that was putting her out there and I just said you know what I think it is which is most probably most likely the case with a lot of our beloved rappers a lot of them came from a lot of dysfunction Mm -hmm. and um they got into they got made made all this money which is what she admitted she says we were very young we were making all Mm -hmm. this money when we got together and it was just terrible and so although to us they look like a cute couple they was wilding right. out. They just happened to have a lot of money to wild mm-hmm. out with. And um, I don't think she was making excuses about um, him hitting her. I think she was just owning up to whatever part that she may have pet played and continued right. any dysfunction. Right. So that's when she when she was able to own up to, and say 
anything about her. She didn't paint herself to be a right. saint. Uh, that's what made me give her credibility for what she was saying about the gotcha. brother. Uh, and it was so crazy because when when the note when that video the interview first broke, a lot of my <laughs> woke associates on social media they were like, "Oh, let's ban, let's ban Nas," and I mm, I'm conflicted because yeah, we're still playing R. Kelly. I don't understand. Man, I don't understand. Man, man. I mean we and we and we still wore our beats by Dre, right? Let's not forget he this is he not only. Punched Ooh. Dee Barnes, but pushed her down the steps on top of that. You know what I'm saying? Jay Z yeah, was did. caught on video a few years ago. It was from back in the early 2000s from, from smacking and, me and, and mugging a sister. So, I mean, we have to be very careful when we say let's just just ban everybody because I'm sure we got some skeletons in our closet and we don't want people to ban us. So I'm really careful about this whole banning thing. You know what I'm saying? Especially, you know what? I if if there's years removed, this is what I'll say to that. Mm-hmm. That's why I if if it's about you know what again, this is when they, in their young days when what they was rapping about was what they was living mm-hmm. and and they were really crazy with it. Yeah, I get it. But now these jokers are like 45 plus. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And if yeah, and so if you if what you're doing is recent with Khalees, like you still don't know how to treat your ex-wife, the mother of your child, and she still got to take you to court to get things right, then yeah, I got a problem yeah. with it. P- R. Kelly is still in the news. With absolutely, absolutely. I, I, and I don't know if Dre has fully repented with Miss um, Chalet or anybody else. Has he? I don't know. I never saw. Well, I know he. Any, he any, I know any, he. Any humility on his part. He apologized to D. Barnes right after it happened back in the in the in the early nineties, but. I don't think he's ever owned up to what the stuff that Michelle A claimed him of doing. I don't, I don't, if he did, I didn't see it, you know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That, that's the problem I have is when you don't humble yourself to, right. to what you've done, bro. Right. Like, just do it. Like, people, I don't think people necessarily want money. I think it's people just want you right. to say, I'm, man, I was dirt Right. Wrong. And I'll be honest, my only issue with Khalees was, I mean, if Nas hit her and, and that's what it is, then he deserves mm-hmm. whatever coming to him. But I know when I seen the court documents, he's giving her a hundred thousand dollars a year for uh, what I think his son is eight or nine years old, and she was going mm-hmm. back wanting more money. And I was just like, okay, you have a successful career, you have a cooking show, you have books. Like a hundred thousand dollars for a nine year old is a lot of money. So that was the only thing that kind of made me look at her side eye. But I mean. <laughs> I got a different idea. I do. I think a hundred thousand dollars is a lot for a nine year old if it's us, but they live a whole different lifestyle. And I feel like if your daddy is making a whole lot of this and a whole lot of that, I feel like your son needs to be getting paid off. And it doesn't mean that I'm living high off of what he's getting. I'm just saying, don't be sending me no hundred thousand if your shoes are a hundred thousand, bruh. That's all I'm saying. And I feel like if if you are, if you a righteous stand up cat man, like I shouldn't have to take you to court for you to be to feel like that. Like when you want to ball out like all out and be like, you know what, this me and my son in Valley and we both got matching watches. Whatever it is, a hundred thousand dollars ain't none to Nas. And if it if what I just saw was correct, somebody just bought some off of him that was rid- for a ridiculous amount of cash. It was some something tech. Well, yeah, he's 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 yesterday. into the tech. He um. He he um he was a uh, he's a venture capitalist. So basically, he invested into this pharmaceutical online pharmaceutical company. He was one of the main first investors 
uh, I forget the name of the company, but they just sold to Amazon for a billion dollars. And wow. I believe he's supposed to get like 30 or 40 million off of that deal. I'm not, I'm not yeah. sure of, of the exact amount, but I know his, his um, Capra Venture uh, firm was the, one of the first investors in this particular company. And he was actually, I just got the security system from my house ring. Um, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, that was a, a Amazon bought that for a billion dollars, and he got fifty million off of that because he was one of the first investors in that. So he's doing his thing out in Northern California with the tech game and the venture capital move. So he's definitely making moves for sure. So and for, for that, and I think Khalees, I think Khalees is saying that like, "Yo, we need some more bread, son." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like mm. for real. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to get a sister B O D. I feel like if you a stand up righteous cat, man, a hundred G's ain't jacked to you. A hundred a year for your child. No, I feel you, man. No, I feel you. No. I, feel you. I definitely feel you. Because if that's the case, I'm making sure he going to the best of the best of the best. So his school and my his private school it might be more than a hundred G's a year. Right. I'm just saying, no, man. His his if they want him to go to Yale, it's gonna be more than that. Right. So anyway. That's how I feel about that. But I know we didn't win 10 minutes over what I No, no, no. You good. You late. good. You good. You good. That's that's but that was those are my highlights with the music and, and, and family and, and that sort of thing. But any other gems that you you know what I'm gonna ask probably what's gonna sound like a uh, let, let me say this. Let me let me say this real sure. quick before you ask another question. And I'm good on time, mm-hmm. don't worry about it. Um mm-hmm. me and my wife, that's one discussion we always had, and we don't ever I don't ever like to to, to speak negativity into existence but when you have children you have to have certain conversations if something happens if I pass if you pass how will we move mm-hmm. forward how we operate and one discussion that we had if we get the divorce we both said we would never go to the authorities for anything because mm-hmm. we will make sure that our children will be taken care of financially no matter what we mm-hmm. had to do you know what I mean so I, I just wish more brothers and sisters did a better job of keeping them folks about it a personal business because at the end of the Listen. day, you know, I, I my life would be miserable to lose my wife for one, but to two to have people dictating and telling me what I should and shouldn't do, you know what I'm saying? For my for my child, from a financial standpoint, that would really bug the heck out of me. So we Ain't that we something? always talked about Why? that. The man that you don't even want in your business mm-hmm. that you know don't even respect you and, as a black exactly. man. Got you got to go and oh yeah because the one thing she kept saying in the interview she was like like every time we have to call a lawyer that's money yeah. the only people that's winning in this whole fight right now is the damn that's lawyers right. this whole court that's system right. that's so asinine mm-hmm. crazy Absolutely. they shaking their heads and running straight to the bank with every dime mm-hmm. she said that's nonsense so the 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 same sister that don't even respect you as a black man gonna tell you when to come get your kid right. when to pay your pay to take care of them that's ridiculous absolutely <laughs> i am not having it no, i'm with you uh but this because this is ask a black woman man if any gems that you feel when you like i said i hate to say when, when in the climate because i like to call this an anti-trump show i don't even like to mention him and i um I never tell my guests that, but so far I haven't had a lot, any ranting I think yeah, yeah. about him yeah. on my show yet or whatever. But just going forward, if you see the changes and the shifts that we're in, to speak specifically to the black women that are listening on this show, what would you like to say to them? Before I do that, I'm glad you mentioned Trump from a standpoint that wasn't we hate him, we don't like him and all this. I feel like we spent way too much time, energy, 
uh, and give him too much of our mental space um, to just continuously bring him up and to say how bad he really is. My mother always said, when something is bad, you know it's bad. You don't have to keep giving it life. You know what I'm saying? So mm. We magnify Yeah, we make it. We happened. make it worse, and we don't understand. Ooh. We don't understand. He's like a tapeworm. The more you feed him, the more he loves it. So when he sees the, the million and three million tweets that's all about him negative, that's like, yes, I still got him frustrated. I still got him, you know what I'm saying, and flustered. Distracted. And I still got him distracted, right. <laughs> if you notice, man, I don't even talk politics on my timeline anymore, man. Mm-hmm. It was after, nah. it's like, it's not even worth it. I don't like to feed that beast, you know what I mean? We spend too much time about talking about things like Trump. And we could be taking that energy and that time and investing it into our children, into our communities, into our elders, into people that really need our time and energy. So I'm so glad you've made this 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 podcast a space where that's something that you don't waste energy on. Now that I've wasted about a minute on it, let's just move forward to the next question. <laughs> but I just wanted to salute you for doing that and for, for saying sure. that, man. That's 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 real important. You know what really what really got me is when he was actually running and I really didn't I really thought it was a joke. Until I saw how much people began to talk about him every day. Mm -hmm. And I think um, just like with anything, because our minds are so powerful, the more whatever you give um, power to and you magnify, Mm -hmm. um, it 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 just it really grows. And you can really that's how you put somebody in office because you put we put all our mind energy to it. And so I, I was disgusted at that. Like people were crying. You know, when it was announced that he had won the election and all that kind of stuff. And I said, what are you crying for? You already, you put him in office before the ballot was cast. Mm-hmm. It's what our minds gave credence to. Even if you didn't go to the to the booth and actually punch him, you had already given him the ammunition mm-hmm. and the, the gunpowder. Anyway, that's right. so that's where that came that's from. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So talk to the black woman in America. Well, shoot, in the diaspora, but in general, a black, the black woman now in 2018. Any any special message you want to drop on? Well, her? I just want to first say, black woman, hold your head up high, fix your crown, make sure it ain't crooked. If don't nobody never tell you they love you, you heard it from me, Brother Insight, a.k.a. Diallo. I love you. I honor you. And I, I believe it's your time, man. It's your time to, to reclaim your throne. It's your time to speak into existence the things that you want in life. A lot of times our sisters uh, 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 always have a, a spirit of defeatedness. You know what I'm saying? Well, I just made up a word, defeatedness. But we always have a, a spirit of being defeated all the time. And I feel like if our sisters were to speak the things that they wanted and they um, projected the things they wanted, I think that their lives will be a lot different. And I'm starting to see that more and more, especially with a lot of our younger sisters. And I'm so proud of a lot of women um, on college campuses and high school students that I work with. They work, man. I give these young sisters credit. They put in work. And I'm like, I'm telling the older sisters our age, their mid-30s and early 40s, I'm like, yo, these young sisters are just putting in work. And the work that they put in is not in vain because they have younger sisters behind them followed in their footsteps. So I just want to say to our sisters, keep grinding, keep working, keep loving, and, and, and don't ever think that you're, you know, worthless or that you don't have value or that you don't have, you know what I'm saying, what it takes to be somebody's wife or somebody's fiance because everything that a man wants is, is in a black woman, and that is a fact. That's not an opinion. Ooh, that's, that's boy, I'm going to have to have 
everything you want is in a black woman. That might be a shirt, brother. Man, like, that was off the dome. I didn't like, wow, you're right. That might be a shirt. Absolutely. I be thinking in quotes, hey, amen. Everything you want is in a black woman. That's real, man. That's real. Go. It's nothing, it's nothing it. that I've seen in any other woman on the planet. And again, that's no disrespect to other women, but I just know what I like and what I prefer and what history tells me. She's the mother of all civilization. So therefore, it's nothing else on the planet that I can want that I can't find in, in her. So that's a fact, man. Not my opinion. And let the church say amen. Amen. I, and, and go in and get them tired plates. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, as a wrap up, because um, this is what I'm going to uh, end the show with when I edit this. What show? What two songs would you want me to throw in there to wrap up this song? This song episode. Wow, that's that's a good question. And I'm gonna off the top of the door. I'm gonna go with my boy. He's a young rapper out of South Carolina. He's living in Atlanta now. His name is Nick Grant. Um, okay. Um, Shaka Zulu, Ludacris's manager, signed him. Um, he has a mm. song out called Black Woman. Very, very powerful record, man. Very powerful record. Okay. Um, so that for sure, Black Woman. And then I will probably go with um, it's a sister that I want you to get hip to. My cousin got me hip to her, and she's pretty dope. Her name is Jasmine Lacey. She's a, okay. um, a jazzy soul type of an artist, and she has a really okay. dope project out right now. Um, um, the one song that I would love for you to play, it's on Apple Music. I'm on Title, but it's on Apple and, and Title as well. Uh, it's called A Mother Lost. Okay. And you like her whole project. Her whole project is dope. The project is called um, one project is called Black Moon, and then the newer okay. the newer project is called When the Sun Dips Ninety Degrees. Um, and anything on that album, you can just pick and play. I would say go with Heaven. Oh man, okay, you you didn't put me up on something. Yeah. You know, you stay up on the music. Yeah. So I'm gonna pull it out my Apple Music. Yep. This is a whole new world for us. Sister. Yep. I'm gonna send it to you, but she's dope. So definitely check her out, man. Thank you so much, D. Yep, no doubt. All Beloved. right, then. And thanks for staying up very late on the other side of the country to do this interview and doing the first a first here on Ask a Black Woman. I want to thank all my listeners for listening to this episode. It's your girl, Mouthpiece, and y'all be blessed. Good night. Peace and blessings. Good night.